Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Side Eye. I am Uptown Bobby, a.k.a. Uh, Bobby Brown. Yes, Bobby Brown. Yeah. Um, not that guy, but the other guy. And also, I'm joined by... I am K. Clark, and I am... Well, shoot, I'm tired because last night I had a show, so... <laughs> How was it? Oh, it went well, yeah. It's, you know, it's like a variety show at our local uh, club here, gay club here, uh, Bottoms Up. Um, you know, okay. Yeah, didn't didn't uh win, but still had a good time, and you know did had did a good show, so that's good. Okay. Also, if you're a listener, and you didn't know Kate Clark is also a performing artist. Uh, so yeah. Speaking of that, let's let's just go ahead and tackle it while we're talking about art performing. Well, with you being a performer, what? is it like to perform in front of a live audience? And how thrilling is it? Like, do you, do you get a howl for it? Uh, it's like, yeah, it, I mean, when, I guess when it's going well, you, you do. Uh, um, it's like, it's like if you've ever been on a roller coaster, that's why, that's why the thing too, the first thing that came to mind is like, whenever those doors shut in, like, zoom, where are we going? You know, it's only you can go rid the well or you can go rid to the left, you know, but we, we, the train's leaving the station, you know. It's almost like, especially like whenever like somebody introduces you, like they do, they, they read the whole bio thing. It's like, it's almost mm-hmm. like, it's like this build up happening, like it's like this nervous energy. And then once you get on stage, it's like technically it's happening. You're doing, maybe you're doing one or two songs or you're doing like a, maybe a 15 or a 30 minute set. But like, if, especially if it's going well, You'll, it's like you'll blink your eyes or snap your fingers and like it's over. Like hmm. I like I've seen fellows back of me performing. I can't tell you what I was singing or what I was thinking in that moment or what, or what I was probably saying to the audience. I couldn't if you told me you give me a billion dollars, I'd be like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you know, but it's like you know, I watch. Of course, I watch it back, but it's just like it's just its own. Thing. So it's its, own, it's it's its own experience being on stage and, engage, and engaging with people, different than performing to like a, a camera. Yeah, that, that's right. its own skill, you know. It's its own thing, but like really engaging with somebody and seeing them like engage with you and really, especially when people are like yelling and and, and giving that energy back, it's like it's like a back and forth sort of thing. And it's like for for, for me, it's like I guess it's the last little bit I say about it. It's like um, taking like a small part of like your personality, and like blowing it up. Like instead of just mm. doing like a gesture, you do like a gesture. Like, you know, everything's like ten times big, and then once you, then once it's over, you kind of have to kind of come back down a bit. So it's kind of like uh, turning from like Beyonce into Sasha Fierce, kind of. So, sort of. <laughs> right. Okay, that, that's perfect because that's a good segue into the tours of twenty twenty three. And of course, when we mention tours, we kind of talk about Beyonce, because <laughs> um, that's going to be the big highlight tour. Yeah, I mean, that's, she's she's not the only artist that's touring this year, uh, not the only big time artist tour neither, um, because we're going to get to her after this segment probably. But Madonna is also going on tour, mm-hmm. so and I know and that's Janet. very special. Oh yeah, Janet too. Well, Janet, uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of like a, a continuation of the tour she had in 2020 that kind of got kept, or was it? I think it's, I think it's a different one because the one in 2020 was supposed to be like the Black, it's supposed to be like launching the Black Diamond album and everything else, but then COVID happened, so right. all that kind of so got scrapped, like a, so this is kind of like a, yeah, it's, it's a different 
it's, it's, I guess it's more in line with Madonna too, as far as it being like a legacy a, tour. A, a, yeah, legacy greatest hits sort of tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the Beyonce tour, the dates and all that stuff was released earlier this past week. Uh, what what were your thoughts when you saw the news and just feelings and thoughts about um, seeing the, the tour list and all that jazz? I mean, well, first I thought, well, you know, it's here. Let's get it together. It's time to you know scramble and you know not pay that rent. I don't know. <laughs> no, not you know, but just, uh, or you know, go out in the lights. But um, I mean, yeah, it's exciting because you know they haven't been from those, the last two albums. You know, like Lemonade and uh. Blackest King, other all the projects so far has been like the strong visual element. It's been these huge, you know, vis- everything's had a visual, yeah. But with this, it hasn't been anything. You have the one uh, short, she had the short video she did for the Vogue shoot with Break My Soul playing. Then you had like uh, the uh, the small clip. I'm that girl. They got a teaser like months ago now, about two months ago now, and that's been really been about it. I think you had and a short thing that featured uh, Summer Renaissance. Yeah. Are the, are, are the videos really that important? I see other people comment there too. And she's the only artist I see people clamor for videos. Because I mean, I'm not gonna say videos are outright dead, but they're not the commodity that you that used to be. Like videos used to drive mm. networks. Mm. <laughs> well, well I, I think they're important for her because she's made them so important. You know, it's, it, it, it once you get, I mean, even, even going forward back as B Day, every track on B Day had a had a had a, had a video right, too. Right, and that was two thousand six. Right, and but so by and by the time you get to the uh, subtitle, it's like beyond just oh, I'm gonna do a visual for every song. I'm gonna do a full on visual movie almost. Movie almost, and you, especially when you get the lemonade. There's the poet. Someone called it. I just I've actually I just came across this podcast called Dissect, and they they've gone back into they've gone back to dissect the lemonade album, both the album and the, and the visual, and it's really in depth. Uh, if you want to look up on Spotify, but um, it's it's like they um go um, it's like she it's like he called it the um German term for a complete work of art. I think it's called Gnurstung. I may I probably butcher that word, but like it's like. The combination of everything dance poetry uh music literature it's like you know she's taking it so far with the visual elements beyond just oh this is a cute video that i think mm-hmm. she's 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 created an expectation that it's not just the album it's going to be the visuals and what the what the visuals say about the music and vice versa and they feed up each other and you got you know it's like it's everything's everything supposed to be everything's been so down to the details about new of everything, especially if you listen to that podcast I mentioned that again. That's it. Like they they brought things I didn't, I didn't even realize or think about uh, since we made. I've watched the movie at least probably two or three times, you know. And, and just the amount of detail that goes into everything that she does in terms of like the references, visually, musically, lyrically, you know, all the interpolations and the samples. It's just it's so much that I think people want that visual element to just to have it to go on the music because the music, you know, I think it's like what, 200 some samples on the album, I think, or whatever, um, at least, or at least, or at least 100. So I think people want that same sort of. Uh, yeah, I like the homework shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the homework, yeah. But even, even or even just the, the visual feast, because if, if anything, it lends itself to being a visual feast, it's, you know, this album. With, right, yeah, I think lemonade. But with all the ballroom references, the disco references, the the Vogue, mm-hmm. the the you know even like the subwoofer type stuff, but like America has a problem. I mean, there's I mean ideas <laughs> they're there, and so I think people just want to see that acted out in a visual element. Also because you know some of us broke and and, and the way you see, and the, and the way your tickets going, 
everybody ain't gonna make it. <laughs> okay, okay, so so we're gonna we're gonna touch on that part, but I wanna stick I wanna stick with this part a little mm. not a little bit longer, but just one yeah. more point. Okay, so do you feel as if the way she rolled out this album was more traditional, like on purpose? Because you know, like we talked about on the first episode. Uh, no, was it the first episode or was it like uh, maybe the second or third? We, it was somewhere in the early episode. We talked about how she rolls out albums mm. in non-traditional ways. And I'm not to say that they were gimmicks, but they were ways that generated interest in her music that even people who didn't even like Beyonce or listen to Beyonce took note of. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, with self-title, it was like unannounced. We just, it just came. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lemonade was an evolution of that because like you kind of mentioned with the podcast and all that, it was like a visual moment. It, we didn't know what to expect and then everybody watched it together. I think this mm-hmm. might be one of the last times everybody was like watching something all at once trying to figure out what it was in unison. Mm-hmm. Like on Twitter, that, that that was what that's probably like one of the best Twitter moments I had. Mm-hmm. Everybody just reacted to that at a real time. But do you think this album's approach to that, what you just mentioned with all the, the visuals and all that, was different on purpose? And because maybe she just wanted to do something different or take a step back. She, I th- yeah, I think it's a combination that she, you know, because you do it once, it was like, whoa. You do it twice, it was like, damn. And you do it three times, it was like, okay, you know, it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, right. it's. It turn, not even just turns into a surprise drop, but it turns into like the visuals. It's, it's like, you know, I think we said this before on the first, either the first couple of shows or whatever. It's like it's, everything that gotten so big with with mm-hmm. soft title, then lemonade, then everything is love, then uh, homecoming, then blackest king in lacking all that. Everything had gotten so it, it becomes so much in terms of the visuals and just the overall just the the the, the bigness of it all. That I think she needed to sort of sort of strip everything back and say, okay, yes, everything was so grand and so and so serious too, because those are serious projects. Lemonade was a serious project, Black Skin yeah. was a serious project. Um, everything's love, kind of a victory lap, but still, you know, twinges of like seriousness. Um, everything had gotten gotten so big and so serious and, and everything been so deep, for like a better word, that I uh, I think that she wanted to sort of step back and and then of course everything got so serious with COVID outside of her career mm-hmm. that she it, she kind of wanted to probably step back and be like okay you know let me just reset and how do I reset okay I'll do what I actually started off doing which is you know the, the uh, traditional role at least a, sing- a first single that comes out teases the album then uh, the album comes out you know I thought I, I then that's kind of really been it because I mean I think Cuff, Cuff is like an official single. Um, right. I guess, and I think maybe some other songs have gotten some radio play, but for the most part, it's really been it. And I think she's. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess she probably felt okay. I've done all that. I've taken that to the nth degree. So let me just go to let me just go in a, in a total opposite direction. You know. Right. Which is only fair. Um. So yeah, I I, I think that's probably what the plan is because like like we said when the album drives Renaissance Act One, so maybe Act Two is the visuals and you know maybe. It was, it was Act One, the three part series, or whatever. The fuck. I think it's three. Yeah. Got, yeah. So is that, yeah, we got Act One. And maybe Act Two is like the visuals, too. Because as you mentioned, she clearly takes that stuff seriously and then into consideration. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the next step. I, I just, I just like, I just like the approach because it's like, let's just wait and see. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more I, of the type I, of person. I, now, oh, wait. Which, I, I'll just, I'm more of the type of person now to where I just like, I just want the artists to do their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, just, mm-hmm. just, just me as a fan, just sit back and wait 
you know, it's, I don't think it's nothing wrong being excited, but to always be clamoring, I think it's, I think it, it gets a little, it makes you look a little, <laughs> like a little un, un, unhinged after a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think in a way it's like, obviously wants to, she's doing the same thing, which is, is, is keeping everybody guessing, but in a different way. Like with right. self-titled and eliminate was like, you know, you saw the self-titled and it's like it came out of nowhere, like what? New album, at the end of the year. But like, what's this? Like it, it was totally against what's what was the conventional method she'd been doing and what everybody else was doing up to that point. You know, and but and then now with this is like it's like, oh, okay, first single, all right, okay. And then the album comes out, mm-hmm. oh, all right, okay. It's like and it wouldn't it, so it's because she spent the last decade, like I say, creating these visual know projects that are so in depth and so much people and she, she knows people are probably proud for that if, like of wanting to see okay what's next what's next what's, what's, what are the visuals what's the video what's, what's this what's that and the fact that it hasn't come yet it's it's like it's even more anticipated because now the only option we have is the tour it's the wait oh yeah the tour if you so want to if you want to see her yeah you want to see her act if you want to see her perform alien superstar or america has a problem or hear the vocal runs from um plastic off the sofa you have to go to the tour, and maybe the tour is act two. Mm-hmm. So, also, really yeah, that brings us in a way, and, and also merciless. <laughs> <laughs> that, that brings us to our next point: the process. Um, you probably know about this more than me because I just saw the surface level of it. The process is going to be a bit different than previous purchases of Beyonce tickets. Correct. Yes. Which I, I, so, I, I've never, I've never purchased a, I've never been, I haven't been to many concerts in general. But right. I've heard it being going to Beyonce show has always been a bit of a, you know, navigation. But this one in particular, yeah, because I, I um, because I think because, the oh, yeah. formation and on the run too, it was like it was, it was definitely not what this is going to be because <laughs> it was just more traditional. You know, you just kind of wait your turn, mm. uh, you know, see what 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 prices are available. And then you you know you hit purchase you know uh, I got mine relatively early for formation, and the second time I didn't buy but the person I went with bought them, mm-hmm. and I think it was like I think she got them pretty early like probably around pre sale. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't go that early with formation. Formation I just went like maybe uh probably like a few weeks after the, the they went on sale. Mm-hmm. So but this is entirely this is a whole another beef. So if yeah. You, you can explain the process for people so, who probably uh, so, don't know. <laughs> so how I understand the case, uh, the announcement came down I think, what, Wednesday, Thursday, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so of course, and it explodes. And then uh, look on the website. The website has all the dates. She starts in Europe, which I'm curious about. It's called a world tour, but she doesn't go to uh, Japan or anywhere in Asia. She doesn't go to Australia or um, anywhere like South America. So that, but anyway, Um <laughs> No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just you know, I, I, it seems to be a trend because it's like, I know it's people saying the world tour, but like back in the day, you know, with some of the major the artists, they would, they would go to North America, can't, you know, North America, uh, South America, they went to, you know, uh, right. Asia, Australia, you know, they went around the world, you know, pretty much. I guess everywhere that was, you know, I guess, safe, like what it were, but um, anyway, uh, so now it comes down, um, I know it's in Europe, the, the days you see, you see um, tasks say tickets, you know, but on USA, they say register. So you so you go to the site, Ticketmaster, and you re- you can register for certain dates in different groups. Group A has certain dates, B has certain dates, Group C has different dates. So there's two, because I, I know it says two days in two days I registered for um, in Texas, 
because uh, I may not be able to go to New Orleans one. Um, Are you already yeah. registered? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So you go, so you go there. You pick, you pick. You can register more than one date. So you pick the. You can you can register as a Beehive member. You can register as like a just like a, a general fan, or a, you can buy a city card. Which is that way. I wouldn't buy a city card. So I just did. I did Beehive, and I think I did fan registry. So you go through. You put your information in, uh, and you get like a basically you get, basically you get a spot in line, or you get a spot in the lottery. And if you are, if the odds are in your favor, to, to quote the Hunger Games, you get you you'll be contacted, and if you're contacted, then you can proceed. <laughs> That's how I understand oh, it. Oh, so with that taken into account, is that I, I get the concept because of I think the the recent bot struggles and upcharges and just the overall fucked up process of purchasing tickets via Ticketmaster. Well, online period now has really taken a toll on it, on the industry, the touring industry. I think we saw it last with even the artist as big as Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of fans got jilted and, you know, kind of basically fucked over by the, the purchasing process. Do you think this is a bit extreme or do you think it's just it's just a new way we'll probably be purchased? I mean, if, I think it, I think it's extreme because it's Beyonce, you know, I think because I think if the tickets price ticket as I saw an article that so, actually tickets have been added because the demand was like 800 percent above what they expected, like 800 percent. That's that's that's, you know, that's, that's that's a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it's part because it's her, and part because it, I mean, it's kind of it is kind of crazy because I mean, in a way, it's always been a bit of a lottery because if you had to camp out back in the day, you know, for tickets, like you may get some tickets, you may not get tickets, but you still have the chance. But if you if you get in line, more than likely you'll get a ticket. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or, if, or, or, you, or if you didn't get in line, you could, you could call some ticket brokers, or you could like there were like physical ways you could like talk to somebody, and and and, uh, and I mean yeah, all this all this fails, <laughs> and and get and get some tickets. But now it's like you know, lot the uh, lottery. I mean, <laughs> it really is like it's it's a get it's a, it's a random thing. Like you may get <laughs> I'm, I'm, now if if you are like a. Uh, like people from like the guy, the like Crystal and Cupid from the Reed, they probably get some tickets because it's, oh, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're prominent. It's been on record they'll Beyonce fans stands. Right, they'll probably get some. Someone like a or like Zach Campbell, you know, he'll probably get a ticket because they're in the industry, quote unquote. And so it's more likely they'll get they'll get one. If they don't get one, they'll get some type of VIP whatever, you know. But for the average fan, it's like. Should I may go to the show? I may not go to the show. You know, is it is it a, <laughs> is it is it elitist? I mean, well, er, technically, on paper, since it's being everybody's registering, we have all we all have an equal chance of of getting selected. If it's if it's if it's truly random, we have a we have a chance of getting of getting of getting selected. You know, um, really, because I mean, if if if, it's, if it really is, you register. Your name, or whatever goes into, or your number, or whatever goes into this random lottery, but turned by, I guess, some computer, and you happen to be selected, then it technically is more fair. It's, it's more fair than you know. Uh, I guess then then it then it would be otherwise. Yeah, compete with the boss. Yeah, so I don't think this leads to me. It's just the damn prices. Like I mean, uh, you know, even with Madonna's tour, it was like, goddamn, you know, just like it was like. 
some of those seats was like a thousand on the floor, fifteen hundred on the floor, like a you no know, twenty five on the floor. I know she ain't doing. I know she ain't doing the meeting because she ain't about that. Um, uh, and so is that that stuck out to me. You know, it just was like because I think Jenna was slightly slightly cheaper. I mean, I get of course you get when type of art she's talking about. This isn't isn't just like a band of five guys getting on stage with jeans, with jeans and a t shirt. You know, this is a full theatrical fifty eleven costumes, dancers, right. props, staging. All I get that. But at the same time, it's like, like you compare prices back in the day to see like an elaborate Earth, Wind, and Fire show with other artists, with other marquee artists on the bill. And I think I, I think I saw some, some comments that some I paid to see Earth, Wind, and Fire and Pawpaw or somebody else for like thirty dollars, twenty five dollars back in whatever. You know, you compare that now to like what you paying one person to go see one artist. You know, it's just a lot. Now, also, also do you know? This, you know, capitalism. You know, uh, Live Nation and, and uh, Ticketmaster basically one beast at this point. So, right. Know, it too, it so. makes you really value. Uh, it makes you really value indie artists sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's nothing too, yeah. Because it's no you, you spit dead pots, but spit that door. Because I've done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It's just it, it also an interesting point, and I hate you. I hate we're doing this with Beyonce because you never want to target a black woman when it comes to these conversations because they are um, the most you know disrespected, jilted, um, just fucked over group of people in existence. But is it? It just comes a point where it's like songs like "Break My Soul" or some of the lyrics. It's like. <laughs> quit my job and <laughs> this whole thing and it is like turn around yeah nigga like how about $300 for these tickets it's, it's like <laughs> is it an artist's responsibility to be uh, I guess more realistic and nuanced and not only their lyrics but also like the way that they're delivering the product because like everybody gotta make money we all know that this is a business this isn't mutual aid <laughs> but <laughs> Is there a point where it's going to be like artists need to be more aware of the stuff that they say in songs versus like just the overall pro- procedures and methods of exchanging money for their, uh, I guess, services? Because it's like it's getting to the point to where, nigga, we broke. Like, you said it. Like, you even <laughs> said, you said it in the song. Like, you know, I'm quitting my job. You can't break my soul. Like, Everything's fucked up. This world is fucked up. It's like then you want to turn around and charge me like five hundred dollars to come. I mean, granted, it's a choice. You know, no one's putting mm-hmm. the guns in these people mm-hmm. here and say, "Hey, you gotta pay this money." It's a choice, but it's like, man, like you up here, you try to like relate and identify to me, but at the same time, you're like you fucking me over. Like <laughs> that. I mean, that's me. That speaks to like this is gonna be probably like a long winding whatever type of answer, but that speaks to, like the the bizarre the strangeness of celebrity because celebrity comes from particularly when it comes to music or like it comes from like being one of the people quote unquote you look at somebody like um this could be random but somebody like ice cube where it's like his this whole appeal was like i'm from south central i'm one of y'all now in 1990 you could say yeah today not so much but it's like he has to keep that appeal and relate to people in a way that's like I'm one of y'all, even though he's worth 
150 million dollars or whatever and you know and right and and had probably hadn't been in, in Compton in ages or or when he go, does go it's like you know without protection yeah right you know it's it's like it's, you know it's it's sort of like that or like even like RuPaul it's like you know if mm, like RuPaul no RuPaul probably hadn't done his own makeup in without you know at least I, I give it a good 15 20 years and if I and if I had to do it that if I had to dress with that much I wouldn't do either you know it's, that's not a, that's not a slam it's just like he can relate to the queens because yes, he was once one of them, you know, go go dancing in New York and and, and being in the scene in Atlanta right. and all that other stuff and everything else. But in terms of like really coming up and having to like put your drag together and figure out how I'm gonna pay for this damn wig and 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 and, when, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and how to really put together a look, especially now because now they they are spending like tuition money on that show mm-hmm. up to on top first day. You, you go compare just everybody homework. Go watch the first season of Drag Race. Watch it now. You will see a marked difference. <laughs> but wow. they, from the first day they come to the workroom, custom made wig, everything. Anyway, but like he has to keep maintain that relatability, even though he's he is far away from those days of like struggling. So going right, back to right. Beyonce, it's like, yeah, she's a girl from Houston, but say now she's not a girl from Houston. She's like a mochi right. conglomerate corporation. And, and I, hate, I hate that word, like better word, but like. She yeah. is that, and she's a capitalist. So, and she and she is about making money. She's a she's a bold capitalist. Like her, <laughs> her, her husband let you know outright. Like nigga, we just trying to get this money. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what was it the Dubai show? Like nigga, mm-hmm. that's bold. Like nigga, hey, I need this bag. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, with that show, you know, he had he had some he had chatter. I would say, you know, some from the white gays. You know, no offense uh, about her going over there and, and doing that. Because I say that because I think it was like a bit of a, a selective outrage in a sense. The more I thought about it, because Elton John's going over there, Madonna's going over there. Uh, um, you name Bieber. it. Yeah, they've all gone over and done those shows in Dubai. You know, and. People who, and two people by the name, Madonna Elton in particular, one a member of the community, one an outspoken ally of the community. You know, and so that's why I say it's selective outrage. And also the fact you think about it, people saying, oh, well, they're they, on the books, their laws are against, their laws are anti gay, which I understand that. But if you take that logic, I mean, she, she may put, she could skip some cities here in the US for that. You know, if you go by what's on, on the books, you know. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. yeah but I, I think, I, I, Nitpicky, but I, do, I always like, like, like when I first heard Break My Soul, I said, This shit sound like it was somebody else because I'm like, <laughs> I don't need this. But, but I was, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think the, the great this is gonna sound very like, uh, I guess after school, but I think the great, the great, the great common denominator is like love songs because no matter how mm-hmm. rich you are, no matter how poor you are, everybody, most people, most people, unless you're aromantic or asexual or whatever, um, right? right. Most, most people want to either want to be in love, have been in love. Or, or falling out of love, you know, people usually can, or, you know, maybe the other, the other part of that, you know, sex, people can, people, you know, people relate to that regardless of, you know, uh, income status. Um, and so I think if she kept it to that love songs or songs about going out and, and you know, fuck the night and whatever else, um, mm-hmm. pe- people, you know, most people be like, okay, because, you know, like I said, you know, if you're worth 500000 or $50, you're going to relate to, you know, desire. Right love or, or wanting to give love most most people will so <laughs> i think it's a fine line to walk because it's, it's like going back to like the rapper example you know what i ask you is like you know gangster but gangster with quotation marks you know it's like uh <laughs> um, you can't you, you're not gangster when you make when you start making certain amounts of money going certain places eating certain food wearing certain clothes you can't really relate to the gangster aspect because that whole thing is rooted Primarily in pro and poverty. Yeah, it's a real struggle. And, yeah, 
So it's like it's, it's a lie you're living almost. Uh, to, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's inside of you, of course. You know, you never forget that struggle, mm. and it, it's molded you. But at the same time, it, it um is different. The the outside it also it molds you into kind of like a. I think that's what we talked about this with Jay Z once. It molds you into a supreme capitalist because you never one you never want to go back to that life, and two you're always trying to be like. I'm trying to open new doors or I I, I need to elevate or I yeah. need to keep going. It's like, damn, nigga, how much money, how much do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a, I think that's what probably bothers me about it in a bit, in a sense. It's like, there's a, um, both of the a sense of like commodifying yourself and putting them um, being, I'm picking myself a bit into this. It's like the idea of commodifying yourself and a part of your personality for profit is a bit, has always made me a big squeamish. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's no longer yours in that sense. It's like it becomes a thing that you have to sort of yeah, project and you also live it. up to. Because it's you and there's also and then now there's you in quotation marks, in a sense, if, if I'm making sense. Um there's the person that you there's a, there's, a, there's the public thing that you're creating or building and that you have to manage, that you have to um think about, you know. Um and so and and, and then when it comes to like building an audience, it's like it's an, on the one hand, music is an emotional thing, and people connect to the emotion, and people connect to you because they, they relate to you to the, what you're singing or rapping or whatever or acting or whatever else, whatever like your creative art you're going through. You, you express that emotion, people and people latch on to that. They relate to you in that way, and you create a connection. But at the same time, you are monetizing that connection and commodifying that connection and thinking about your audience is like okay this person likes this that and third and and, and I, so I, I we appear here and do this and do that song and then then they'll, they'll you know it's like you you start to say right. think of people as like you know what jay said customers he, he's more blunt yeah. about it you know? uh you know it's like uh, you, just you don't want to like alien people and have them hate you but at the same time right. it's like you think people is like uh the masses is like people to like make money, just make money from that can create a sense of like alienation in a way because right. that's, that's why I had like, a, I'm one of you, a, but you're not really one of us. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's I, that's why know, I didn't have a problem. Numbers. And whatever you say about like empowering people and everything else, like on a psychological level, that can be true. But in terms of like exactly. a material level, like a lot of our faith really kept tricked us in, into accepting like trickle down economics. If you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you, um, yeah, I, not, not, I, I hate going back to break my soul, but that's, I remember, like, it's just the lyrics that just, like, ugh. <laughs> somebody, had a, somebody had a meme about it. They were like, bitch, you just told me to quit my job. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's like, like you just said, it's like a, you make certain songs, certain lyrics, because you know certain people can relate to it or going through certain things. But at mm. the same time, you, you might not be the best person to, to relate this message. Because of your actual life, well, but even uh, even on exactly. um, even on what's it then? Which one is it? Uh, Pure honey, which is it? It's the cost right. of being look as good. Well, you can afford that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. You know, I mean, you know, I, I get what she's saying. It's that braggadocious ballroom attitude. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you know all about that. I don't know about that, <laughs> and probably <laughs> never will. <laughs> right, which is part of the game, you know. Like, because she's been. I, I would say since she's been like established solo, especially like when she reached a certain status, she the the braggadocious, the the the, the shit talking has, has been 
at an all-time high, you know, and, and sometimes it's directed towards the girls, you know, it could be directed for the competition, mm. but then sometimes it'd be directed at, like, it felt like it's directed at, like, regular people, like, <laughs> like fuck y'all broke-ass niggas, like. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Jay-Z wrote me Republican, because, I mean, you think about his, think shoot, at least, at least, at least yeah. the first half of his discography was, like, I, li- I think you listen back to some of that stuff, like, damn, like, just tells me ain't shit, man. But we, but we, but we, but we balled to it, didn't we? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, everything is love. I was like, man, a lot of these albums feel like they just like, like a middle finger to people that don't like their marriage or whatever. It's like, fuck y'all, y'all bro. <laughs> I'm talking even before that. I'm like, you know, his like reasonable doubt and uh, oh, yeah, holy yeah, life yeah. Was like, he, he was like, every summer he come up to me say, say like, y'all, it's broke. We rich. I'm like, well, right. Then we, then we're like, hey. But uh, actually, no, this is ironic too because she basically was born into fame. I think. um Janet has done a really good job of like maintaining some sense of like relatability in a way yeah, because she's never know. really done she's never really like done something like a like a like a, like a, like a I'm, I'm rich type of type of track oh like no she, she don't she she always has made she most of her songs have always been about like I said love or or, or sex or some of them about you know some have been about like you know social ills you know right. you know not necessarily uh or, or like you know uh something she's more personal through. yeah it's, it's, she really hasn't she's never really crossed into that like you know uh I'm one of you. Rapper, that rapper type person. Rapper type thing, yeah. You think it's because like the generational thing, though? Because like it's, a, it's it like a be. lot of R&B. Mm, do that you know I, I think that, but then I think, you know, they, they, they was married because her and Jen are like yeah. five years apart. So, you know. Yeah, Mary was a little more hip hop, though. She was, you know, she was part of like, she was kind of part of like that whole like bad boy New York mm. kind of thing. Her, mm. her, her, her brand of hip hop has always been a little more aggressive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's just she, she, because she was always like in that community, you know, with Diddy, mm. Mm. Uh, certain artists, certain rappers. So I, I kind of get mad, but Mary also had that real soft side too, and then that real vulnerable side where it's like, mm. wow, mm. you know, she brought you in. But mm. I think Mary does a good job of that too. She don't, it, it can get a little glamorous, but it's never like glamorous to the point to where like y'all be broke. <laughs> 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 but. My next point also is, what do you think the public is going to, like, reject some of that? Like, we've seen it happen in hip-hop, kind of, with, you know, it, it ebbs and flows in hip-hop, you know, when people talk about, I remember, like, the early 2000s with, like, the backpack people and then, like, the the bling, quote-unquote, rappers. It was kind of like a moment where it was, like, a line drawn in the sand, but it, it never really went away because niggas like money. <laughs> but, but when do you think overall it's going to change to what people are like? I'm not going to your show. I'm, I can't afford this. Uh, I can't afford this merch. You know, when, when are people, when, do you ever see people going to like reject, like, you know, people buck the political system now, but when are people going to like start bucking the celebrity uh, system? Probably, like, when they, probably when they see the connection. Cause I mean, uh, uh, an artist is a artist. Like you could be in your room writing or making songs or whatever. And that is your art, you know? Mm-hmm. You're you're an artist if you decide you're an artist, in my opinion. You know, people may agree with you or disagree with you about that, but if you feel what you're doing is art, then who am I to say it isn't? You know, um, but a celebrity is a commodity. A celebrity is a business, and so when people really start, and I think I think in a sense it's been a slow degradation of celebrity. If that makes like once you've had once you get to like the early, go back to like the early two thousands. And you had like people like a Paris Hilton or like a um, Kim Kardashian or like other people who have like maybe become famous for not really doing much other than being a quote unquote brand. 
I think people are really starting to see through the machinery that is stardom and, and to see if kind of NC celebrity is just like not, no, it's not really worth much anymore. Like you think back, like the ones we just named, Janet, uh, Michael, of course, we're going to talk about Michael in a minute, uh, Michael, uh, all the classic stars, Dan, you know, Diana Ross, all the Motown X, uh, you know, the, the past basically 100 years of celebrity has been this sort of vaulted thing of like mystique and talent and success and like the glamour and everything else. Even the artists that were like more, I guess, down earth, like a Kurt Cobain or, you know, the rap artists, it's like there was this level of separation between like them and us, even though the ones that, even the ones that try to be more relatable, you know, where it was like, oh, okay, they're an artist, they create things. There's a reason why they're famous, quote unquote, to have certain things. Now it's like, okay, well, anybody could be that. You do a dance or, or you or you create enough of a follow on TikTok and you will be famous. And you and you will get brand deals, and you will, you know, be, be a celebrity. You will be a a business unto yourself, which is what celebrity kind of is in terms of the, the consumer side of things. So, I think people more more people start to see the connection that celebrity is just some, like another branch of capitalism. Which so when they start to advise, see that on the political side, then they start to say, okay, oh, okay, it's because the reason maybe it's not necessarily the artist's fault because they're beholden to Live Nation because you know back back in the day mid 90s early 90s uh pearl jam famously went up against the thing Ticketmaster and try to like keep the the prices low i think they sued Ticketmaster. i don't think they only they won um but i think people will start to see okay the reason why things are the way they are because because it's this monopoly i mean because i think back i don't know i don't know, I don't know the complete ins and outs of the cost of energy back in, in the pre ticket master live nation era but you know back then i think you probably had like mom and pop promoters you had like small People who would small businesses that were, they were handling like tickets and concerts and things like that, so it was much more broken up. Now it's just really just those two that are the main ones that are doing all the business. Certainly, doing, they do all the major artists, you know. Um, and so people probably see, okay, oh, the reason why these prices are so high, I think it's so messed up because there's no competition. I can't, you know, if if, if there's one game in town and we all got to buy from this one company, go to this one company or to see our favorite artists, then we don't really have a choice. And so I think if people realize that and they say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to spend that money. I'm going to spend it on, you know, a smaller show or a small, a smaller art or more indie artists or artists who aren't launching these huge mega tours, then you may see a, a shift happen or or if, the, or if the government steps in and breaks with a monopoly, essentially, you know, what, what do you think? Well, it's interesting because I just, here's the thing. Celebrity is like escapism. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when we're going through shit, what's the first thing we turn to? Usually art and celebrity. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's, it's, it's in your face so much. Yeah. And it's so easy to touch. And it's one of the few things we can really use. You know, you can use it for motivation. You know, you see Michael B. Jordan, you'd be like, man, I want his body. So you go to the gym or you, or you think it's that easy. But even with that, just not to interrupt you, but there's a machinery behind that too, which I, I think, uh, what's the name? They played Dinesh in uh, Silicon Valley. He, he broke that down like, you know, yes, I did this, but I had a trainer who, who went for seven months and I did I ate these many meals a day and I worked out for like 12 hours, seven days a week, six hours, you know, three hours a day to get this body, you know. <laughs> Right, you think you can get it, but you don't know. You we don't know the work that goes behind the, the fantasy or the dream. You know, we just see the final result. He's like, "Ooh, I like that or I want that." So it's easy, but I don't know. It, it's like 
as long as people are in these situations where they feel like shit or they're being like commodified, like just commodified or just used, exploited, they're gonna need something to turn to. And celebrity is the best thing, the easiest thing to turn to. So as long as you have, I feel like as long as the system keeps going the way it goes, people are always gonna fall back on celebrity to like just be that escape, that release. And I think, well, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I just think that's just the way it is. You know, and like you said, the link, like the celebrity and the the machine, like the celebrity and the artist, that relationship is starting to be like almost non-existent because like you said, you don't necessarily have to be much to be a celebrity. So you don't even have to be an artist to be a, become a celebrity anymore. You can just be your regular self who happens to be viral or whatever the fuck. So it's 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 a slippery slope. I don't know when people were ever like just bump, like you would think after all the shit we've been through, people would look at Beyonce ticket price, but like, I'm not going that shit. And maybe force her to, I don't know. I don't even know how you could force her to change our prices, but well, <laughs> I don't like know. Saying, it's like it's like that's it's it's not even just it might even just necessarily be her, it's also like ticket no, message. Because because everybody has to go through them because they're the only game in town as far as festivals these big worldwide tours you know if you're an indie artist like you know you can say you could you could you could, you could bypass them for a while but if you're just playing like clubs and bars you could be like okay i want to do a show you want to do a show let's do one together and you know we'll meet with the you know call the local bar or the club and say hey we want to do a show and then we'll do a show on this date or whatever and, and, and then people come out and that'll be great you know but if you're on beyonce level you can't you gotta go through them to 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 facilitate all the ticket sales, you know, I mean, I can't imagine how the, how complicated that is logistically to put a show like that on. Right. Never, never mind the actual. I mean, I'm sure for the past five six months, she's probably been meeting with the band and the dancers mm-hmm. and the costume designers and the set designers and the audio and visual. Just, I mean, we watch Homecoming. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's like it's that aspect of it. Then it's the aspect of actually rolling it out and going right. and, and, going, and, and going from city to city. Cause I remember, I think it's one of Madonna's shows. It took, it was like a set that took like two hundred people to put to to put together and dis, and disassemble every night. You know, and I think it like they did like uh, seven forty seven airplanes that carried parts of the stage to different venues. It's just like you know, think of how much money is being spent each day on that through the crew, through all the musicians, background singers, and all, every musician has a tech which takes care of the instrument and every and background singers. You know, they need their stuff for their voices, and, the, and then you got the dancers, and you got the you know, it's just it's a, it's a that's a machine unto itself, put on a, t- a type of tour. So you have to go through someone like a live nation that can cover all those expenses or whatever. Um, so I think, and also you go back to the, again, the emotional connection. There's a difference between, you know, you working for your boss who you, you don't really have a connection to or the company when they pull, try to pull that we are a family type of mess, you know, uh, even though you may, I've had bosses that are, that are empathetic and, and and are you know that seem to you know to care, but ultimately you you know that you are a cog in a machine, you know. So much you realize that, especially you know I think most people realize realize that now. But I think with celebrity, it's like again, it's, especially with music, it's like that emotional connection. Like you remember where you were mm-hmm. the first time you saw the No 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 video on MTV. Or when you saw Say My Name, you were like, damn, we're uh Toy and uh Latavia. You know, or, or or the first time you saw uh, Survivor and then you know Crazy and Love came out, and then B Day, and then you know, learn the single ladies dance, and then you know, uh, four, and then she when she now she was pregnant. Like she she has worked like any celebrity has 
to create an emotional bond with her audience, especially starting so young to where we have literally watched her grow up and have children and be married and be a mother now. You know, and so the difference between her and, and if an artist just came out today with one single on a very first tour and saying, I'm charging y'all $500, they'd be like, girl, go away from me with this. But with her, it's like nearly 30 years of music, memories, connections, and now the fact she's in her early 40s, you know, which should be two years often. With, and FOMO. You know, yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, <laughs> like, like, like everything is screaming like, this is the tour like 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 rick fox if you watch the game <laughs> like this this is the tour like it's not just a tour it's the tour another you know right, uh, reference white girls white chicks uh, <laughs> um it's, it's like you it's like everybody the, the mood is like you've got to go like it's like it's like it's a game on time like, like 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 fuck your bills like it doesn't like you know <laughs> it's like you, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do push out the way we need to push out the way you know shade we've got to shade get to that tour you don't want to be looking at everybody, everybody's Instagram being like, damn, when they're like, hey, like, no. Nah. <laughs> it's bringing the Hunger Games out of niggas. It's bringing the- <laughs> I, I posted it on, 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 on somebody's stats. I, said, I, I posted that gift saying, it would be, be, be in your favor. Because, I mean, shoot, down to the lottery. It's literally a, literally a lottery. You have, ah. email, you have to check your email and be like, you know, Am I getting in? Oh, I got in. Like, what's the next step? All right, damn. When when, when I got to pay by shit? When I get paid? All right. <laughs> you know. It, just, it also shows you the selective favoritism we have when it comes to people in certain issues. Like, one moment where niggas be like, man, fuck this system. Fuck all this. Niggas be, and then we'll literally play this game. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, we already be at home, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I guess because it's like, I guess because it's like, compare. Yeah, you get you get a paycheck from your job, and you know you probably deserve more money, and you and you know you're getting you paying too much rent, and the food's too high. But it's like, with this, it's like you're getting experience out of it. Yeah, I'm paying an arm and a leg, and I'm and I'm, going, I'm jumping through hoops to go to this, but I'm gonna get there, and I'm gonna get there with my friends, and we gonna get in, the, get we gonna get in the venue, we gonna maybe buy the merch, and then we gonna she's gonna come out and she's gonna perform this song, we be like, oh. I remember what it was when I heard the first heard that song, and then we're gonna have the new experience of, of, of singing along in, in the stadium with everybody else. Like it's like you're going for like you, you seem like you getting it's like you're getting value out of, out of this experience in a way that you wouldn't get, you're not getting value out of your day to day life. And like you said, go match the, the escape thing. You're escaping for you know hour and a half, two and a half hours with this show, and something that you'll hold on to. To help you get through the job and the too high rent and the too high food and everything else, and so it's a, it's kind of perverse in that way because in a, in a sense you are you still getting exploited or you still getting like you're probably paying more than what you should because of the monopoly with Live Nation and, and um, Ticketmaster, and you know we are and it they are, it is a lot from the meeting reach to the merch and everything and if the VIP package and all that other stuff but it's and it's like it could say it's a business and it's capitalism but it's also like it's also the experience. It's the, it's the emotional experience. That's that's what and that's what celebrity, particularly like I said, um, something like music, um, you know, relies on. Ooh, and the merch. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I never been I never been a merch guy. I, I mean, yeah, it, me it, it, like I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's something I can wear, like a t shirt, maybe. But all the other stuff, like posters and everything else, like nah. Even with right. the MT, even with the MT stuff, I was like, okay. Uh, a bad then what? What am I do with it? 
So moving on, we already going from the, the queen of pop. Well, no, the king of pop. We talk about the king, the, the current king of pop. Now we're talking about the past king of pop, Michael Jackson. Uh, you know more details about this than me, so go ahead and break it down for us. Oh, so, so, All right, so from what I understand, okay, so there's a new Michael movie in the works uh, with the approval of the estate. Um, uh, going to be directed by Antoine Fuqua, who of course made his name with Training Day and also recently directed Will Smith's Emancipation. Um, it's going to be basically a biopic of Michael covering, I guess, I'm not sure what period of his life, but, you know, uh, and it's going to be, uh, actually his nephew has been cast as Michael. That's the reason he was, Antoine Fuqua recently posted a, a photo of, of uh, Michael's nephew doing like a, hitting like a Michael post and the hat and the, the pants and the loafers and everything else. Um, and so I'm, I'm guessing, I'm not sure if it's in production yet because I think Fuqua was was, was wrapping up some other project. Um, so it's pretty much what I know right now. It's, just, it's, it's you know, early stages. He sets a direct. Um, it's, it's with the state's approval. Um, nephew starring as Michael. So it's pretty much all I know at this point. <laughs> I told you how I feel about this. Surprise, <laughs> he, 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 so. he said gross. <laughs> gross. Like, I thought, first of all, nothing will ever top the American dream the miniseries. <laughs> uh, like nothing. Like just immaculate casting. I mean, granted, it's like what was it like three nights? It's a three night series. I think I, I think if, if I remember right, because I actually remember seeing the TV guy, which is show of right. marriage. Uh I, right. I think it was I think it was two nights. Because it was two two, nights, two, yeah. it was two two parts, two hours a piece. Right. And I remember it came on ABC first. A lot of people think it came out like on uh VH1 and all uh, that. No, that's no, ABC. Yeah, yeah, it's network. yeah it was, you're exactly. It was networking, and they just picked it up. Mm-hmm. But that just did such a great job chronicling that whole family timeline. That I don't think nothing else would do it justice. I mean, it Miss Janet, but you know. Oh well, yeah. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, hold on, uh, yeah. Kevin. Give me one. Hold on. Oh, Rob Rob is away. Uh, big question, I think, would be um, what it's going to cover, you know, because career like Mike was so long, and there's so many things that have happened in the course of his career. You think because you started in the early '70s, and you know, went up to say, you know, really the mid 2000s. That's a long period of uh, creating, but also a long period of life, and you know, all the ups and downs of a career, all the ups and downs of personal life. Um, so I think the main question, sort of like the Whitney biopic, uh, is what uh, they will focus on. You know, what they focus on the early years in Gary, uh, up to the inside with Motown, and the early success with, Jack- early success with the Jackson Five. Um, what they focus on, so the post Jackson Five, him trying to find something as an, as an artist. Uh, what they start maybe with off the wall and going a thriller, and then bad, and then then the, 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 his own period as a solo artist. Um, uh, possibly focus on the later years, you know, when they do a bit of all of it, it's, it's a lot to uh, cover. So I think this is the main challenge is what they will, what they will focus on. So. Are you back? Uh, 
Yeah, she dropped down my niece, so it's oh, okay. daycare time. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I got I got a little more time. But okay. yeah, um, well, I basically was saying, yeah, I was I was basically saying, um, while you were away, is that you know, it's, it's like the Whitney uh, biopic recently. It's it's like, what do you focus on? Do you focus on the early years in Gary, or Motown? Do you focus on like him uh, transitioning off the wall in theater and uh, thriller? Uh, do you focus on maybe later years like that? No, you got to go straight to the seventies if you ask me, because 70s, okay. even even the miniseries when they did the jump about while they got older, it was basically like Michael leaving Motown, like or them leaving Motown, and Michael basically be like, "I'm about to do my own thing," and we did we didn't really see his thought process internally or why he wanted to like do it or why he wanted to, you know, like him meeting Quincy Jones. We didn't see that happen. We didn't see the process behind Off the Wall. I think when they made the jump, he was a recording thriller, if I remember correctly. So I, so. I know they had they covered a bit of the period like sort of the post Motown when he when he was like in his mid teens when he was sort of like, you know, struggling with his with his appearance as far as like, but you know, yeah. acting acting and things like that. Yeah. Um uh, did they didn't uh, I don't they cover off the wall? They didn't, they didn't need to go to Thriller because uh, I, I don't remember mm-hmm. them. I don't, I don't remember them showing like the Wiz or anything like that. That's where he met Chris mm-hmm. actually. Um, so yeah. Uh, so you think they should start start him as an adult? Yes. Start with him meeting Quincy Jones. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I want to see the evolution of that relationship. You know him, maybe his personal life. I also want to know, like you said, with the Whitney biopic, how much are you going to show? Mm-hmm. What are you going to touch on? Because this is one of the most controversial pop stars of all time. So it's a lot of stuff we don't know, and there's a lot of stuff that we do know, but it's like, well, y'all going to talk about it? <laughs> we going to ignore the elephant in the room? I mean, uh, I mean, it, it, does, it does have the estates approved, which can be a good thing or, or, or a whitewashing thing, depending on what track they take. Uh, it does mean that we'll, we'll get to hear the music, which is essential, I think, in the bow. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't want to know Aaliyah, Aaliyah Lifetime movie mm, going on. Yeah. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think they can't not cover it because, I mean, it's like, especially in particular, the, the first case or the first, well, the first case in the one in 05, I mean, it was, it was so publicized and so so much, it was, in the first case in particular, it was so shocking, I think, the allegations were um, in 93. That to not to skip over it would be like, what are we watching? You know what I mean? Right. Um, about two thousand five, it was a punchline. Yeah. Uh, the 05, they may skip the 05 one. They may, you know, and they may even skip the Martin Bashir. Uh, oh, please skip that. Because <laughs> at that time, I, even I felt bad for him when it happened. Yeah. Um. So they may skip those aspects, but they may also just touch on just. If not outright allegations, just but just the because if you don't even even if you don't believe the allegations, to me his 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 relationship with children was a was just a bit odd. It was odd, yeah. It's like because I mean, it's like what do you? I, I get being childlike and like liking kids, but like being around children that much and want and and relating to them on that level, it's like it seemed predatory. Yeah, at at the very least, it seemed like something that you need to talk to someone about. Not if not right. not necessarily, not necessarily some, nothing anything criminal, but at the very least, it's something like you got you need some stuff you need to work out. 
<laughs> you know, right. And I know people like to use the excuse, well, he didn't have a childhood. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, but you don't need a Ferris wheel, giraffes, and you don't need to be spending nights with children that aren't related to you and they're wine and just yeah that that yeah I, I can even I can even forgive like the fairs one so that because you can invite children that are, no that are like over for like that are sick and like you know you know what I mean you could, you could make that into a whole theme park for children that that you want to like because Whitney would mm. do it she would invite children to her house for like Christmas for like celebrations things like that you know like for her foundation you know mm-hmm. um and so that doesn't even bother me as much as the fact like you said the sleepovers with no other adults the wine it's like it's 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 just there's some smoke there <laughs> for yeah. me you know it's just and at the very least it, it makes it's it's uncomfortable it, it very yeah. least you know um and so to not talk about that at all and even relate to relate to his own childhood in terms of like his, his relationship with joe that's why i said it's this question of joe because i feel like with that jam documentary she was trying to make a line and say i'm like we don't talk about that we're not, we're not talking about the beatles mm-hmm. anymore we ain't talking about the uh the the you know the, the, dark, side. the, the dark side of joe we used to, we, we the line now is he was tough but we made it, it but it worked yeah it worked mm-hmm. you know so so what to, what to do about joe because the real nice version of joe was like you know don't man that was Joe. <laughs> you know, or you know, oh, uh, I don't want shit. No, I won't shit, I won't shit, I won't shit, I won't shit. Which was which was Adley, which was like a Masili curse to me. But um <laughs> uh, all right, uh but no, um but you know what I mean? I mean it's like it's like how how would they do because I mean even with the Whitney one, like they they portrayed I mean they basically they made John kind of a villain a bit. <laughs> uh and they but and they kind of it kind of softened the rougher edges of sissy. Cause Sissy uh-huh. had her ways too, but um, mm-hmm. so I wonder how they would do with Joe because, like I said, Jan, the documentary def- definitely tried to like soften the rougher parts of Joe that even she talked about in her in interviews in the past, you know. Um, but I think that has to be talked about because you know, even just something as 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 simple as like you know, don't call me don't call me dad, call me Joseph. What does that do to a child? To say mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm you're not going to identify me with me in that way. You call me by my first name, mm-hmm. you know. To to look at your children as like business partners essentially, not as necessarily as children father all the child. time, father and child. Yeah, and, you know, to the point where she might say, I think he said to Oprah that he would he would Joseph would walk in the room and he and he he get sick. He want to throw up. You know, it's just like you know, it's like that ha- that. You can't gloss over that stuff, nor can you gloss over. You could, I mean, I believe very likely, yeah, I can believe that, but when you get to no, like, I don't. The, you, <laughs> you don't, okay. I mean, I, I, no. I could, I, I can because I, it, it's possible. I, I'm saying it's possible, it's but, possible. That, but but it, but I think the very likely became a gateway to the bleaching, the whole transformation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it became a gateway to, to, to the cleft in the chin, to the nose jobs, yes. to the to the, the man to, died to, without a nose, right? A sickening perm, I would say, for a long time, but you know, um, right, yeah, but that you can't gloss over that stuff because otherwise it's a highlight reel, and that was a danger. I noticed with, <laughs> with other Whitney fans with the Whitney, Whitney biopic, yeah, people up on the Whitney crowd was in talking about, oh, uh. Paula Patrick to play with them, like what? Nah, that's, and then uh, 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 like like Joy Brown. I, t- I said that woman is almost fifty years old. Now she is she's beautiful, but like no, she can't put nobody in her twenties. Like what are you talking about? Um, 
it's just it's like this strange thing where it's like they, they want to defend and protect them so bad, which I, I get because with both Whitney and with Michael, people took a lot of shots at them, particularly in a, in a later part of their life. Um, but at the same time, you can't. This is if it's gonna be like an honest biopic, you can't uh, make it a highlight reel. It has to. You have and to show the late eighties to two thousand five was so weird that you could really make like a villain movie. Like his, his, you can make a villain. Yeah, it's like with Kanye. Like you can tell, you can tell a story of uplift and perseverance and reaching the top and just being a master of your craft. But then you can also tell a story of a very deranged, fucked up person who did some sick stuff and kind of didn't get the justice. He he didn't get the punishment that fit the crime because they were so famous and so larger than life. And nobody wanted to believe it. Yeah. Like you can well, really tell a <laughs> Well, I will, I will say with Kanye, I would, I would, I would Kanye more to, but not well, not exactly Whitney, but, but like Whitney's struggles were like, her, were like personal struggles. Like an addiction is an addiction. It's not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing predatory. It's, I mean, it didn't probably just necessarily make her the best yeah. mother. More of a disease. Or, yeah, more. It was. It, yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure it affected people in her life, but it wasn't anything that, that affected him in the world outside of her. It didn't really affect anybody outside of her and, and the people, meet people around her. You know, um, if Kanye, you know, I was there's more damage there because what he's saying has an effect, has a ripple effect. <laughs> um, but, but I would say it's not. What he's saying is terrible, and he's terrible for saying it, but. He, he doesn't make him a. It's like a criminal act to say the things that he's saying or do the things that he's done. Well, allegedly now there's been some reports of Rolling Stone about certain things that were happening in Yeezy, but for for right now this particular recording, um, there's nothing necessarily criminal about what he was doing. Um, no, just a hard, just a yeah. just a nigga with some bad opinions just, and just a downfall and just lots of ego, lots of like you know. Yes. Yeah, self-destructive behavior and, and not wanting to get you know. It's almost help. like a rock star, you know. It's, it's like it's like a rock star ended with him. Um, you know, it's just like like the one of those bands from like the eighties or something. Minus well, the drugs. Well, it's, it's just, these the bands from the eighties. They 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 say they, they can't. They either they somebody either died or they came back. I don't know, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you have, have a comeback story. He may, but I, I don't know. Mean. I don't know when, but it'll happen because niggas gave him a lot of rope with that Trump, and I, I, I thought it was over with the Trump stuff. I was like, oh, it's done, it's <laughs> done. But niggas let him come back, and then he said the stuff about slavery, and niggas let him come back. <laughs> so mm, maybe the Jews will forgive him one point, and then black people be like. <laughs> That's a that's a long way to climb back. And no, he just got married or whatever, but no, no. But anyway, getting back to Michael. <laughs> um, but yeah, with the biopic, I do say I, I think I do have a bit of faith with Ant- Antoine Fuqua, who, like I said, known for like training day, known for emancipation, known for these like gritty pictures that don't, you know, that aren't worried about necessarily making you comfortable. Uh, I feel like if he if he can apply that same thing to Michael with you know to, to how much this thing will allow because I mean it's the same with going back to the Whitney movie you know getting that kiss with Robin was was a, a, a delicate negotiation according to the director you know uh, and so saying the same thing with Michael and his estate it's like you know what what would they be able to get past or what would what would they be able to agree upon. What will they not be able to agree upon? Like, how much will they be able to really get in? Because they're actually going to another biopic that's now on the back burner, uh, allegedly 
the reason other Madonna about pick his own his own heights is because she wanted to make a grittier version of her story, and the, and the studio was like, "Nah, we ain't trying to do that." <laughs> Define gritty. I, I don't. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you know when it comes to, to Madonna, you know, of course you. Yeah, from mother dying, so there's that, and and according to her, her father didn't tell her; someone else told her, and then uh, he married her stepmother about a couple of years after that. So there's that. Um, you have a going, you have a her first bar teacher was gay, and he took her to her first gay club. So you know, gay club seventies, gritty. Um, <laughs> I would think um, her moving to New York City. New York, you know, you think New York late seventies, early eighties. New York is on the big brink of bankruptcy. You know, burned out mm-hmm. buildings, everything else. She was assaulted, uh, I think her first year in New York. Um, so there's that. Her apartment was robbing. She was held at night point, I believe, um, a couple few times. Um so uh, uh you know, gritty stuff, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, so, so just in the fact she was broke, you know, she didn't have any money. She, you know, was played in a million bands and was living living in like the building she rehearsed in, you know. So uh, I, I'm assuming that's what she meant by gritty, because I mean that's a, that's some pretty, you know. Uh, not PG stuff, so <laughs> right. Maybe this be the language too. I don't know, but you know, yeah, um, it, I, she probably won like an NC seventeen type rating. So. <laughs> uh, she may want an R rating or or extra ex, ex, extra fun make a truth to dad reference, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. That, that's what I heard. That's what, that's what I read. It was, it was partly because of that she wanted a grittier take. Yeah. But, but Michael, like I said, I. I'm interested in seeing it. Um, it's got to be better than the one they did with Flex. Ooh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that's been like a fever dream. That was like, ooh. ooh you know, I never watched it. I watched it. I just remember when it came on, I said, hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't finish it. They had him. I mean, nobody pulled him to the side and said, my God, you look a ghost. And apparently, well, he, 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 he didn't care. He, he wanted that moment. <laughs> Why I mean, that I, moment? <laughs> Flex, Flex Alexander, man, he he was somebody who, I guess, in his mind, he never got his proper due, so it was his moment to shine. And you know, I mean, I, I mean, one on one was good enough, man. Like, we I mean, if he's gonna betray anybody, he gonna betray Al Green in terms of his physical resemblance. You know, that man didn't care about that. <laughs> he, 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 whoever, whoever picked. First of all, he was crazy for even going to the casting. Mm-hmm. To the car, open. He was crazy for even doing a reading. But whoever was the director that said that's him, that's Michael. I mean, man. Oof. I mean, I, 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 I'm also having confidence in yourself, but somebody should have like been the the more logical person to be like, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> or even just, I mean, it just. I ain't watched it in a long time, but it just was like it just wasn't. This was like comical, like a comical version of Michael. Like, yeah. it's, like it's, it's just like running around giggling and, and like running through the woods and just like, you know, just like, what is this? <laughs> What's that movie called? Um, the Room? You have, mm-hmm. you, have you seen the movie? Uh-uh, the Room? It's, it. no. like, it's like, it's considered to be one of the worst movies ever made. Okay. It was like almost done on purpose. <laughs> That's how that, that, that Michael, that Man in the Mirror movie was. Mm-mm-mm. You know, so I think it's a it's a one. So I think with this one, it's like they got obviously obviously you want to cover the immense accomplishments. I mean, you can. It's, it's almost like a cliche to talk about how you know successful he was and how big everything got and, and the the influence and everything else. But I think you got to balance that. We got I think with the Whitney movie did it's with uh, Naomi's performance of Whitney. It really like it was different. Like certain moments in the movie where it was like, oh okay. 
all take away all the icon, the voice stuff. It's like this is a young woman, a regular it's person. Like, yeah, this is a young woman who has been through some things, but has this, has this immense talent. And while she's like do, doing things with that talent and being successful, she's also like making decisions. Some of those are good decisions. Some of those are bad decisions. And she's like, you know, talking with her friend Robin about you know Bobby, and like they just talking like two young girls, like you know Bobby ain't it. Oh girl, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, it's like it's like little, you know it's like little moments like that. It's like oh, okay, this was like a person. And I think they had that's the trick with Michael. They have to like make him a person because especially at the end of the life, he was, I mean, he was a caricature, you know, in terms of in terms of like popular culture, you know. And I think they have to like really strip it back and make him a person again. They really want to to succeed, mm-hmm. or just to do a documentary because I mean that's what we're doing with Prince. So that's what they should do. It's just. Just a fine line between making him look like an icon and look like a very creepy weirdo. So, <laughs> like I said, I think they have to make it. They have to show the, the damage underneath, but also have that also the, the, the I guess the talent too. It's like like I said, it's, it's like a fine fine line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, even or even, even go back to Madonna. I think I almost think even with the bop, if the bop doesn't come like I come out like in, in a traditional bop, they could always do like um, the Warhol Diaries. Which mm. is like on Netflix, where they like six episodes. Each episode kind of like dealt with like a different part of his like life and like his legacy and everything else. But you know, and then, and she knew Warhol actually too. So, um, and they they can it's, it's it can be a different format of doing it or like a montage of Heck. If you ever watched that by Kurt Cobain, where it's like it's mostly his own words and they show like his own like drawings and recordings and things like that. And behind the scenes stuff, and they, they, they interviewed certain people. Like they interviewed other band members, and they interviewed the people that knew him. And they interviewed Courtney, but like it was like almost told through his point of view, through his writings and you know recordings and his work. And they could they could do that with her if they you know if they wanted to take a different approach. You know, uh, but other than that, she, Michael may be in that he may, he may be in that movie too. <laughs> they, they went to the Oscars, Oscars together in '91, so. Hmm. That's interesting. I have no place for it. I might not even. Yeah, I might not even watch the Michael movie unless it's just so scandalous that I have to watch it. <laughs> but um, good luck to that man directing this, and <laughs> I hope it. I hope it's a success, and I hope there's a there's a a way to do both. I hope there's a way to honor the icon part and a way to also just talk about the things that he had issues with that also affected a lot of people that don't get talked about because hush money. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, oh, before we, start, before we start talking about Michael, did you see that documentary that was on HBO a few years ago about the victims? Mm-hmm. That was jarring. <laughs> that was yeah. jarring. It don't I, have to get yeah. that deep. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I, I did now I know what Wade, his story did get picked, did get picked apart. That like, not all of it was necessarily accurate, but I right. mean, and people some, picked it, apart. They picked it apart for reasons because, as 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 vilified and as much as people made fun of him, there was a huge aspect, a huge following of people that would defend him with their last breaths. So. But yeah. that's another thing I fear for the director too. If he inches too far into the weird territory, he might get a lot of backlash from everyday people and other celebrities. You know, other celebrities love to look after each other. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, even even with that documentary though, because I know Oprah got dragged for that too, because she did she did like the post interviews. But I think um, even the, even with the documentary, you know, even though now but he some of his some of what he was saying didn't hold weight. The other guy, um, there was one recording where where um, they were he, they were on tour with him, uh, and I think the bad tour whatever it was, and he recorded him and it was like uh he said something like uh who do you love? He said they said I love you or something like that, and I was like. It just made me pause for a second because it, was, it wasn't like a mentor or like 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 you know some some kid hanging out with his idol like you know uh, 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 that type of love. It just it just felt different to me the way he said that. It was like oh, it's like hmm. hmm. So it's just it, it, it just you know it's like even it, it's kind of like with Latoya's book. Like was it the truth? Yeah. It's probably not, but was it a truth? Mm-hmm. You know, as far as far as like you know, talking about how it was growing up in that house, like the atmosphere, that was mm-hmm. it, it. It wasn't it wasn't the exact truth, but it was a truth. I believe that you know, you know, she you know, she uh has uh retracted most of what she wrote. I think the the essence of what she was saying, as far as like the dynamic in the family, it was real. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's. Very, very different family. Uh, like I said, I think that 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 docu, that not docu series, but that uh, that mini series from the nineties. I just feel like it just it told what needs to be told, and I think that's that's it. Because <laughs> honestly, once you get past the imagery and like the the pageantry of the family, they kind of like not that interesting to me. Like I watched um the Jackson series, like when they uh I don't know if you remember, I think it came on A and E. And it was like the brothers basically, and they oh, was just trying to like. I think they were doing like a tour or shows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these people really aren't that interesting. Like Tito, Randy, all those. Like I, I see why Michael was the lead, and I probably see why he distanced himself from them eventually because I didn't really care. Well, but also it's it's this thing with them where it's like because Michael had two and Jenna got to an extent. It's like it's just like this. This niceness to the point where, you, like, you don't even want to like cry too much. You yeah, know I mean, I think it's, it's, it's the homeless witness upbringing. Yeah, it's like the, it's like it's like painfully it nice, almost to where it's like mm-hmm. they're not going. They're not going. It's like you, you compare them to like, uh, damn, who's another another family that's like in the business? Are you comparing like any like? Band that okay, you compare them just any any band that you compare them to like the Metallica documentary. It's like you 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 would never get like some type of some type of like back and forth like bickering thing between Tito and 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 Jermaine, not on camera. Like if, if you know it would it would it would be just like this nice soft voice speaking like you know oh you know it's like that it's like they it's like almost like that old school showbiz you know we don't show what goes on backstage that type of thing. You know, you know what I mean. So, right, and I think that's what you—that's probably what you what you probably saw when you whatever you was whatever you were watching. You know, hmm. yeah. But we'll see. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> to the project. Um, have fun with that. We'll see. Uh, we'll more likely have a review of it. Uh, if not, just K. Clark giving it. Maybe <laughs> I'll I'll probably see you for the show. You know, <clears throat> to be a team player. But uh, before we wrap everything up, any last thoughts? Any last words you want to say? 
Uh, I was watching the Dion War doc- documentary on HBO Max. And it's pretty good. I was about halfway through it. I might uh, check that out. Yeah, I know that uh, HBO Max has some pretty good uh, artists. Doc, I, I like the one uh, with the DGs are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so that, of course, like I said, uh, other tours that are happening this summer: Janet's on tour, Madonna's on tour for the Celebration tour. Um, yes. I think this and that kicks off. I'm not sure when the first date is. Maybe in April, May. I'm not sure, but she uh she's going on tour. So which I guess like, yeah, that just means the movie is uh scrapped for the time being. So even though um what's the name uh Judah Garner was announced as the lead role, but I don't know what's happening with that now. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, hmm? I would just say I said we'll see. Okay, and of course, Bad Boys Four is coming. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> that All right. happening? <laughs> All right. You know how I feel about season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's um, now. Like, like, part three was enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I never watched part three. I just watched, I watched the first two. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch part three. Three, three uh, was cool. Was three, cool. three was actually not that bad. Mm. But uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. enough. Um, what does it come? Um, so, I think rap. Well, I heard rap shit. Second season rap shit is, is in is in production. Uh, so that's going on. Um, which uh, I think that's well. I think this is going happening. Uh, I I watched uh that I'm not sure I should have said this last episode, but I watched the Kendrick Lamar performance in in Paris on uh the concert they gave in Paris for some it. mm-hmm. It's it's good. It's good. It's it's, it's a it's shot really well. It's a good. The show's really uh. I haven't watched, I haven't seen all his tours, but that show is different and seems different than the uh, last one he's done. Yeah, I like his evolution as a performer. Because damn, the damn tour felt like his first time to me is like really, you know how we talked about establishing that presence, that mm, that like, hey, I'm, this mm-hmm. is me and the artist. I feel like damn was the first time he really did that with like the Kung Fu Kenny thing. And he had like these props and he had the, 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 just a lot. It was more than just a rap show, you know, with just a mic. Mm-hmm. They just rapping in a DJ. It was like a whole experience. So mm-hmm. I feel like he's mastered that aspect of the the whole artist now. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I saw him open for Kanye with Jesus, he was just rapping, you know, just rapping like, you know, just Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. <laughs> rapping in front of a band, you know, and it was good, but it's, it's nothing like how he's doing now with the stage presence and the crap, the props mm-hmm. and the, mm. the dancers and the choreography is just—it's it, it, day and night. Mm. What do you think about speaking of uh, concept, concepts? What do you think about Drake at uh, Apollo? Um, I mean the set list looked impressive. They look like a lot of stuff I would want to hear live, but I, I just want him to take a break. Like you ain't tired <laughs> yet. He another one. How much money do you need? <laughs> you sound like uh, Olivia from The Sopranos. It's <laughs> another one. <laughs> uh, I mean, someone is, has actually saw this quote from his, from, a, from a bodyguard. He says like a machine almost, or like in terms of the work ethic. Uh, it's um, getting Tupac like. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. I think what well, you talk about. I think Drake is the epitome of, of like the branding thing. Oh, oh, for sure. What, what, what we were talking about before with Beyonce, like celebrity as a business. Yeah, he's the male version of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
you know. And even and he's gotten to the point where he feels bulletproof because he like on that last project he said some questionable lines about like Nick and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, the no, the, the messy shit, the messy shit. Yeah, yeah. talking about mm-hmm, he, that's all that. He didn't I, I, he didn't explain himself. He didn't apologize. He just like but that hmm. that speech. Let me ask Pieces Drake as far as like, you know, one minute we Memphis Drake, then we down, we, then we Atlanta Drake, then we, then we, then we NYC Drake, then we just, you know, I think I oh, do that, 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 yeah. Female huh? empowerment, Drake. Female empowerment. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, I said this on, I said this on, my, on my live stream, it was like, um, Drake, to me, Drake is the geek who found a way to do something cool and got to the room yeah. with the cool people. And now I say to him with the cool people, he, he just, Morphs into whatever the cool people are doing. Are we on our uh, nice what cool stuff? Then, yeah, we on the nice what stuff? Then we nice for what today? Are we on our um casual misogyny? Then we on that today. You know, it's just like I think that's the difference between him and Beyonce is that I think Beyonce, while what we said about the, the capitalist and everything, and everything else, I think she has a core to her as an artist. Right. Like he always gonna get some independent woman stuff. He always gonna get some love songs and some and you know some uh we gonna dance and we gonna you know it's it's, it's a core to what she does that I think. Drake lacks a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Which is probably why, to me, the, the dance album didn't really work. I still like that album, but yeah. I, I totally understand why you say that. I get it. You know, it's like, 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 like it's just like, I don't know. I feel like if I had like a, a female friend and she, for whatever reason, she was like, got into Drake's orbit, I'd be like, Fuck him, but, don't, but, don't, but don't date him. Right. <laughs> and, he, and here's why. Because Drake right. seemed like the type to be like, if she came downstairs with like all ready, ready to go and done up, he'd be like, oh, I see your uh, nails will match your lips and can match your purse. And she'd be like, oh, well, I can go, I can go upstairs and change. Like, be like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Let's go to disco and dinner for, and whatever. It's like that type of thing. Just like, I don't know. I just don't do that. <laughs> like you no, know, bang them, have a story, get some, you know, take a few trips, but don't don't get too close. Right. Don't, don't get too invested. <laughs> I don't know how we got them there, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I heard but the Harlem show happened with him at the Apollo. So I guess, you know, and he had but he had the whole going back to uh, Kendrick, he had the whole setup and the whole concept thing. So he brought out dips. Yeah, he, tries, like that, he, so. he tries it. Mm. He, he tries to expand, but it's still yeah. pretty surface it, level. It's, it's the yeah, it's the brand. It's like that's like a even uh, throw out another name. Somebody I remember uh, a blogger I follow. He posted stats about J Lo and about her being you know her salute. It's basically basically like put some respect on her name. And I was, was like you know for me other than a few songs and a few movies here and they're really connected with her. I think the reason why is because to me, more often than not, she's really chosen the brand over like pushing herself as a uh, actress or as a, you know. Anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, not that she don't try it out. I mean, I mean if she, if she put on the show, like the times I've watched her on TV, like she puts on the show, mm-hmm. you know, but as far as like really like pushing herself beyond, uh, you know what she sort of built her name on, which was like you know the rom coms at a certain point, or like you know just you no know, catchy, catchy songs, but nothing that's like that like turn your head as far as like in terms of like a uh, the creativity necessarily. You know, um, I think more she's more like I said with some exceptions, like with maybe like with hustlers or like or like when she first started like with Selena or like Out of Sight or The Sale. Uh, 
she's really more about she's really chosen like the most mainstream widest appeal route to maintaining you know the JLo <laughs> the brand other than really like going against the grain or whatever or doing things that that are that are more uh uh idiosyncratic maybe yep just another day in the work for her but yeah that's another episode of the side eye pretty much uh we touched on a lot today we touched on the tour industry uh we touched on can artistry and capitalism really coexist uh can we as a people public can we one day buck the system because, like, you know, can, will, will there ever be a January 6th moment when it comes to us <laughs> and, and uh, artistry uh, based with capitalism, you know? Will we have to be like, you know what? I'm not paying this money, so we're just going to bum rush this show. <laughs> like, is there going to be a moment like this? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but it was a good conversation, like always. We hope y'all enjoyed it. Um Thank y'all for listening, man, because this is like a real-life podcast. So if you hear water running or hear somebody else in the background talking, this is real life, baby. Like, we living and we recording. So thank you for dealing with it. And once again, this is the Side Eye. I'm Uptown Bobby. And I'm Kate Clark. And, yeah, thank you. We'll be back. Keep your eyes open and your eyebrows raised. Y'all be good. Peace. <laughs>